Hey guys, welcome to Marriage for Millennials. You do not it's five forty-eight. That part. You do not leave that part. <laughs> Let's try this again. Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials podcast. It is five fifty-six p.m. on Tuesday, October twenty-second. Welcome back, and thanks for listening again. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle and Samuel Shoyola. Creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials how to honor Christ before a spouse and with one while preparing them for family if it is a current desire that they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep a convo going with us at the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site, marriageformillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Or you can also visit Facebook page backslash marriage, M, I'm sorry, MF Millennials. Rose Twitter handle and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following, or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from books to free courses, products, and more, so feel free to check out those as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Okay. Uh, well, as you can see, we record those intros live, and this one's feeling froggy today. He's in a really good mood. <laughs> Hello. How y'all doing today? Hello. Well, yeah. we pretty much had a good day. I got to get off work early, so, uh, you know, that's always good in my book, Come Home to My Hubby. Um, and, you know, Sam, again, seems to have had an amazing day, so... That is a plus. Gang's all here. Yep. All right. So we hope you have been having an amazing uh, week. Start to your week, I guess. Yeah. A start to your week. Um, and, you know, we're just back at it again with the back at it again to, you know, share another topic um, as we continue to do life together. Mm-hmm. And what's today's topic, sweetheart? Uh, today we're talking about money, 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 money. Mm. Money. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the title of this podcast, as you already know, because you clicked it, is Who Pays for What? Um, paying Off Our Home and Our Debt-Free Journey. So yes, today we're talking all things moolah. Um, we're going to have um, a various amount of points that we think that you um, you guys can benefit from. Yeah. So it'll be cool. Um, so one of the reasons we wanted to talk about Money is, of course, I mean, it's important. Anyone who tells you it's not important is a liar. So um, it's money is important. Um, and, you know, they say that, you know, money is one of the top leading reasons for divorce. Yep. Um, and so, you know, as a newly couple, newly getting married, um, and if divorce is not an option for you, as it isn't for us, as it is for us, um, you know, you might want that structure and figuring out, okay, well, how do I go about this? Or even if you've been married for a couple of years, maybe your money situation just isn't working and you're like, okay, um, I'd love to hear some new tips that um, can um, be used in my marriage. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much what we're here to provide for you today. Cool. So um, we're going to go into, uh, I think we'll talk about our joint account experience. We'll start off with that because that was the first thing we pretty much did financially um, once uh, we became the Shoyolas. So. Yeah, definitely. We, um, I remember it was slightly before we got married that we set up the account and then we made it so that both of us had access to that account right like after we got married. So 
it was um that was like the day after actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a day after because day um, after. it was a day after because in the Nigerian culture, when you get married, <laughs> they throw like a lot of ones at you, and so we had a lot of money from that <laughs> night, a, a couple thousand dollars, but like in singles. So we're like, we need to put this somewhere. This is problematic. So right. So exactly. um, so we went to the bank, and pretty much at that time is when we pretty much just like opened it up, um, and you know just started our joint account from there. Right, exactly. We had to count out a whole bunch of ones in the bank, and it was, it was. I guess they thought we probably came from a strip club or something. We had to remind them, yeah, we got married. Actually, that's yeah. that's, that's why we have the money. It's not because of um, other festivities, um, but yeah. So um, we uh, we quickly set up a joint account, and um, have it's been pretty good. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. And, and, I think it's it's the reason why we did it was because we wanted to be able to see just how how we how, what our spending habits were, what was going in, what was coming out, right? Like, yeah, and I think that you know being a married couple, it's just like makes life easier, right? When you have at least an account for the um, the bills, um, so you can kind of see like those bills coming out, and then also you know learning the expense habits of your partner um, does help you to like you know keep yeah. your spouse accountable because i had some i definitely i know i had some certain tendencies of my own um as far as for what i would spend maybe i'd go to this restaurant or do that whatever or spend it on this buy whatever clothes or whatnot but i think it was one of those things where you had to you in seeing our spending habits it helped us realize what we need to get a grip on if we were going to get control of our finances. Yeah, and it's so funny because um, between the two of us, I'm like the drill sergeant when it comes to money. Like even before we got married, like Sam would always be like, you must have a phobia of being broke. Like like that's literally what he would say. And so I'm the, I'm the drill sergeant. I'm like, okay, we need this, we need this. Here's our financial plan up until 2024. Like, you know, like just nonsense. But like, um, but seeing... Our joint account has really shown me like how much of an impulse spender I am. Like mm-hmm. Sam, sometimes he's like, "Did you need to go to McDonald's?" And I'm like, "Uh, this is for uh, this is for charity." Right. So like <laughs> Rose, the Rose, the drill sergeant in the accounting aspect and making sure that certain things are are everything. Every every dollar is accounted for with Rochelle. Like she makes sure that. We have enough for this. We have enough for bills. We have enough for leisure. We have everything is accounted for. But when it comes to um, the impulse side of things, Ro does like to shop and she likes to go and get these things. But it's not like she takes it out of what is nest like what we needed that for this bill or whatever. Like she goes into the the leisure side of things and that's how she spends her money. But we definitely found out who spent who were who was spending what. And um, I think I think it's really it's it's definitely an eye opener. Yeah, definitely. And we hear um, couples. We've been in a couple of settings with other couples, and this always comes up like to get a joint account or to not get a joint account. And I think for us, we see no problem with getting a joint account. Um, I think as the as time goes by maybe we'll kind of venture out into, we already have our own separate accounts, but we're not really using it. But um, I think we'll probably venture out into like beginning to do so. But for right now, I, we would definitely be all before a joint account. Would you yeah, say? you know, yeah. Cause like the only thing I would say in regards to having a separate account right now, as far as for what I would personally need it for is to surprise Roe. 
Because, as I just said, Rochelle is a drill sergeant when it comes to the money is accountable. But that also means that she's constantly, when she looks at that account, she'll know if I went to Macy's to go buy her a nice outfit. She'll know if I went to Jared's or I went to such and such. So a separate account maybe to surprise her on certain things. That that would be, uh, you know, something I would use it for anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much, that was our joint account experience. Um, and now, you know, we've been married for a couple of months and we've been, you know, rocking with it that way. So that kind of leads us into our second point, um, to split the bills or to not spill the bills spill the bills to split the the bills bills or not split the bills (laughs) who pays for what i mean it's funny when we first started uh, off on this we were we weren't sure as far as for how to divide bills and we talked to a good friend of ours um and they told us they're like what you should do is um this approach that dave ramsey talks about where he's basically like take all the bills put them under the husband like let him pay for all the bills and whatever income the wife brings in will be supplementary that way that you're cutting your coat according to your size because that's like the major thing if you if you know how to survive off of one person's salary then everything else is just a blessing on top of that yeah and um for me just personally i like the stress of knowing that no matter what I do, of course, you know, I do value the checks that I bring in as well. Um, but, you know, I know that j- just that stress of being at work and just feeling like, well, if I don't do this or if I don't, not to say that, you know, I don't perform well. but I need to get 40 hours Yeah, I need to get, for, like, that stress I don't have. And um, that's a really um, great feeling, to be honest. I mean, men like to work. Um, yep. And uh, there's a various amount of women who would rather not be at a cubicle, you know, just kind of punching numbers away or doing whatever you do um, with that stress added. And so I'm glad that I'm not one of those women and I don't have that stress. Um, Now, with that being said, um, my checks whole weight as well, right? Right. Um, My checks, they go to the fun stuff and then they also go to debts um and savings mm-hmm. so like for example you know there was a couple of things we wanted to take care of after the wedding and like you know sam's checks they go to the bills and then my checks pretty much were just like covering it boom 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 so it's like literally a month or two and we're like besides you know maybe like a car note or something mm-hmm. like we don't have any debt like you right. know and so um and that's a really good feeling to well, have yeah and, and it, it's kind of one of those things where once you see what people don't realize is just because you have more disposable income does not mean you have to increase your expenses right that is the human natural tendency that we have typically we get a little more bit more extra money in our pockets and we say Oh, now I can go buy such and such. Well, it's like actually what you could do as opposed to going buy and whatever indulgence or whatever thing that is that you want to go get. You could take that extra money and apply it to your debts and pay them off faster. Right. Yep. That's and our that's major. Pretty- that was our major thing that we did with um, Rochelle's side of the income. Pretty much. And that's pretty much the setup that we have. Um, yep. Also, it um, 
is preparing us for when we have children because it's pretty much clear between the both of us that I want to be home raising our children. Mm -hmm. I want to be a working stay-at-home mom. By the time I have kids and I'm staying home, I'd like to be creating some uh, passive, more passive income um, so that I do have my own money, but um, the bills as, as far as me like going out to work, I'm not into that. Right. And that's pretty much a conversation that we had from the beginning. And so this is a great... Um, molding us and you know preparing us for that yeah, so that's it's great it's, it's teaching us how to be complementary to one another like she knows exactly what sam and his role is going to be in our family and i know what rochelle's role and uh and, and what she's going to play in our family so because we know that it just helps us to lean on each other more in those areas like i know when it comes to certain secondary incomes that rochelle and i have already discussed she knows how to allocate those funds. She knows how to de deal with all of it. She knows exactly what I'm going to be bringing in. She's not going to be worried about me, you know, having a breakdown and, and quitting my job because, you know, she knows exactly what, how the gravity of, of, of the position that I hold. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of where we're at with it. Right. And so um, I think to do this, it requires trust, right? Mm -hmm. um, trust not only in your partner, but trust in God, right? Trust that yes. God is going to be sovereign and he's going to, you know, take care of you as mm -hmm. best as his will will allow. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of women are afraid to, you know, either put all the bills in their husband's hands because they feel <laughs> like they don't want the trump card to be pulled on them. Like, well, you don't contribute anything to this house, right? right. And so... I think you can't worry about that, right? Like you have to trust that the man that you married um, submits to Christ. <laughs> right. Right. I hope you made sure you did your homework on that before you married them, that they are a submitted man to Christ. That really right. is going to matter. Not just a man of God, but like a submitted, submitted man, man to God. God. Right. But yeah, like, I, think, oh, I think he went to church one time. Right. right? Yeah. But yeah, I think we're actually going to do a video about that uh, manana. So right. tune in for that. Um, so yes. Yeah, so that's pretty much our setup. Um, and but that kind of brings us into gender roles, right? Does the husband specifically have to be the person um, paying the bills? Um, so I believe he should be the major laborer um, in the household. But I don't. I, but like as far as for who actually goes, who goes on on you know online and goes and pays the bills per se, that's not specified in the Bible. Like, whoever happens to be the better accountant between the both of you, let that person do it. Yeah. Don't and, get too legalistic with this thing. Right. And then even um, sometimes the wife is the person bringing in the checks. Like, sometimes right, exactly. it's her money that's paying be just based on your the setup of your situation. Um, like, I think Sam has a great example yeah. of his mom when she did that for so, his dad. There was there was a time in which before my dad was the main breadwinner in the family, uh, my mother as a pharmacist was the major was the major income breadwinner. So she for the time when he was doing his med school, um, she held the whole family down. She held the family down during uh it was particularly during um his residency. Uh his two he had two years of residency that he had to do. So when he was doing that, you know, um and it's not that he wasn't contributing anything, but she was the major breadwinner. And what I mean by that is he had a degree before that in which he had built up a 401k. So he was draining that those two years to help at least have some contribution. Because 
like we said before, men like to work or they like to have some type of input into the household to say that they're doing they're 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 contributing something to sustain this roof over everybody's head. So he was draining his four hundred one k to make sure that he paid at least the minimal amount of bills that he could pay. And then my mother, as I said, was the major breadwinner, but she held him down for those two years. And then after that, um, shortly after that, my mother retired. Actually, now she's doing a totally different job <laughs> in real estate. Yeah, uh, something that she wants to do. You know what I'm saying? And that that actually gets us back into what we're talking about here, like. I want my wife to be doing something that she wants to do as opposed to something that she has to do. So that's 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 uh that's kind of my background. Yeah, so um to split the bills or to not split the bills. I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. I am not for splitting the bills, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, I think that a man should take care of you, and he sh- he is the head of your household. And if you're the head of this house, then put those bills on top of your head, right? <laughs> so, so, um, so it makes it easier, by the way. It just it just helps in in. She'll she herself. If you take, I know it, it seems like it's oh that's a lot, Sam. You're asking you're asking a lot of the men. It's like, but it it, it does help you with your own dignity and your own self respect and her respecting you. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some women out there who will disrespect a man, um, regardless of the of whatever amount of money that he's making, or even so, even if he's making a little bit, yes, she'll be disrespectful. But even if he's making a lot, she'll still be disrespectful because she's just not a submissive woman. But in many regards, it does help and bring dignity to your crown as a as the king of your household to be a person who takes on all the bills take the bills trust me yeah and then um also from the woman's perspective um when your man is kind of taking those bills on and you have the option to put your checks to you know the debt and you know the savings like you know that is a job in itself because that requires discipline like you everybody can kind of go to work in zombie mode get their money and then like go online and pay bills right but it takes a lot of discipline to see a check that is can be used at your disposal Mm -hmm. and actually like guard your flesh right to want to spend it all so we still have an important role as the woman or whoever that person may be in your marriage um to flip that money and make more money um and that's and i think that's one of the things that the proverbs 31 woman um oh yeah she's known for that Um, she takes her husband's money takes it to the market she multiplies it and that 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 is that is what you want that's the position you really want your wife to be in yeah because i mean you know you are pretty much the deciding factor on what state financially your family's gonna be in based yeah. on how you manage that money so and even thinking about that extra money that that does come in right like mm-hmm. that brings us to even our next point like we were talking about um the fact that we had paid off our home like as soon as we had got married we were just finishing pay- I, w- I was just finishing paying off the last payment for the house mm-hmm. um amen to that like that was one of the things that we were saying to ourselves okay now we got all this free spend it money right but then, like, that was when we would talk to our friends. They're like, no, reel it in, man. Reel it in. Like, this is the time to pay your debts down. Like, finish them finish them out now. And now that we're doing that, our, my car is going to be paid off by the end of this year. Rochelle's car is going to be paid off right after my car is done. 
the extra money that we get from that, we're going to put towards Rochelle's car and pay it off twice as fast. Like all these things roll into one another and you can, before you know it, you yourself and your family, you're debt free. Yep. 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 So, um, paying off our home, right? We want to get into that because when we posted that, um, you know, people went crazy. Also, I just had a, some girlfriends over this weekend and like right before everyone got here, the first girl that got here, she was like, tell me how you paid off your home. Right. So people are asking about it. And, um, you know, I definitely wanted to, um, shed light on this on a surface level. Um, maybe we can go deep into detail on a, on a later note. Um, but yeah, so we paid off our home, right? We don't have a mortgage. We, we do have a property tax. That isn't fun, but we only have to pay. <laughs> we only have to pay it once a year, so that's okay. I can I can deal with that. So, um, pretty much how we did it was, um, Sam bought um pretty much a foreclosed home. Correct. Um, and great home, but it but it, someone had foreclosed on it. Um, meaning that he had a shorter balance on it than most people. Still, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but um, a shorter a shorter um balance than the average home would be. Right. Um, and so at that point, pretty much just did automatic withdrawals. Um, and here we are, but that does require discipline. So, um, you want to share light on that experience? The the house overall was, um, the remainder on the balance was, I think it was like 110. And, uh, we had 110 left and we had, uh, I signed up for this eight year lease on it, um, lease to own. And I, paid it down within eight years. Um, and having done that, it was one of those things where um, the house overall just was, was that, that was a huge part of my check, mm-hmm. right? So like, because that, because that, because that is now paid off though, you're looking at maybe an extra a little bit over a thousand that was extra that we that we can now pay towards other things and get those things paid off. I was very um I remember when we first did this, right? So when we started, um I was living with my parents right after college. Um I had just got engaged. Um that whole situation I, I wanted to buy a house in anticipation of getting married to that particular person. Um so I went and saved up all my checks. Actually me and my friend the best man of my wedding, we were actually, we were saving up to move in with each other into an apartment. But then as we were getting a little, we were like, yeah, I think we're over the roommate thing, right? Like we were in college, we're, college was cool, but now we're, we're grown. So um, we started saving up for our own places. And um, my mother, uh, having, like I said, she, she retired from pharmacy, went into real estate. She was able to find me this house. So she found this house. Um, I looked at a couple of other different ones. This was the best of the ones that we could find for a decent price for a starter home. And, um, yeah, so we, we set it up, uh, you know, um, as far as for the payments and everything like that. And we're here now, eight years later, done. Yeah, but that requires discipline. Yeah, okay, so it required discipline because right, when you're living with your folks, right, um, you you're rent free. <laughs> so so you're taking your check. I was taking my checks back then and I would literally take like 70% of it, stash it away in the bank and then take another 30 and just go out with my friends or whatever like that and just have a good time, go to the mall, stuff like that, right? So um I think uh I had a little bit of discipline then, but I think I have a lot more now. Um 
in con- considering what I would spend my money on is what I'm saying. So, um, you know, you're young, you're sitting there saying, trying to have the flashiest X, Y, and Z. So, and you're trying to make sure that, you know, your night out with your homeboys is like the most memorable night, but it's like, you know, all that stuff is vanity. It's, it's just, it's nothing that, that is of any substance that will, that will guard. It's not, it's not even, doesn't even have equity. Like these <laughs> stuff, like, you know, they're not going to be of value to you in the future. So, um, but nonetheless, God God was good, and he um he was able to, I was able to save up enough money for um I saved up ten grand for a down payment on my house. So that's how I did that. I do um implore if any of you do have kids when they do get out of college, um something that I felt like was a very big benefit to me was that those two years um that I was um out of college, being able to have the opportunity to save was very crucial to my success today. Yeah, and if that means that you have to go back to your parents' house, we're all for that too. <laughs> yeah, but and that's if your kid is a child that is going to take their money and save it. Now, if your kid is a child that's not going to take their money and save it and they're just going to go and just be this wayward person and spend all their money on everything that the world wants them to spend it on. I need to show you how the world works. Then, yeah, yeah, I need to show you how the world works. You need to get out of my house and um, you go and figure out life on your own. Right. But if the child is if is someone that is is an obedient child and someone who is is clearly shown he has character or she has character, give them that head start. That is something that is... I'm telling you, will they will forever be grateful to you for that? Because I I know for my parents, I am. Yep. So, um, what does this mean for us, right? Now that we're mortgage free, of course, we do plan on um having a second home, but we are going to wait. Um, do probably do a little remodeling, but probably have a kid in here. Um, so yeah, yeah, that way we can just have enjoy this time of not having a mortgage. Um, what this means for us is just more opportunities for residual income. I mean, we haven't figured out if we want to flip this house, if we want to rent this house. Um, but you know, just the qualities and characteristics that were instilled in Sam financially, um, definitely played a part in me choosing him. Um, I remember when we first dated and, you know, like I would just kind of spend some time with him. Um, the way we met was through my mutual friend who was actually living with him at the time. So how cool is it to, you know, walk in, someone has their house, they may not be like finished paying it off yet, but they're already renting to mm-hmm. others. Obviously, you know, whatever that payment amount is neither here nor there, but they're, that example of residual income is already being showed from before we even got married so yeah what this means for us is pretty much like you know it just propels us and gives us an opportunity um to be better than the generation before us and make much of our of our situation and um for our future family um so yeah um so paying off our home i think that kind of flows into our debt-free journey we kind of touched on it earlier um but I'd like to kind of get a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to our debt-free journey, uh, I want to kind of talk about, I guess, the the principles that kind of got us here as well. Like, like we've talked about the general story of it all and how we got here, but um, the the principles that I that I would say um, helped me out was controlling. Number one was indulgences, like. Controlling your indulgences and what you spend your money on, and how you impulsively go and buy certain things, right? Um, so, 
that was number one. You got to get those those um you got to get the flesh under control, man. You got to you got to you got to stamp that thing down. But uh I mean, what do you think about that in particular? Um yeah, impulsive shopping. Um these are probably reasons why you're having trouble with money. Um just because, you know, many things that we're going to get into in a second. Yeah. Um but yeah, impulsive and just being impulsive and not controlling that flesh is probably a reason why you know things are adding up and at at the end you're like well why don't i have enough for xyz um because you're probably impulsive i'm impulsive i i I didn't (laughs) realize i spent a lot of my like literally there was a lot of money that i learned that i spent on my on my stomach um there, (laughs) there there was a lot of money i spent on just like constantly getting new stuff in the wardrobe and like and it was crazy because it was like Monday through. It wasn't like I even needed that many clothes because Monday through Friday I'm in scrubs. I'm in the. I'm in the clinic working a clinical job Monday through Friday. So it was like, why do you need all these clothes? But like there were things that I I clearly was not under control in regards to that I'm I'm thankful that I'm able I'm I'm able to control now. Um, and yeah, go ahead. You want to jump in? Yeah. Um, and I totally agree. Um. Just ask yourself, do you need that thing? I mean, me personally, I'm not really a like I need to be in the mall every weekend shopping. You know that. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not really that type of person. I only go shopping when I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Yep. Or um if I see something, I'm like, ooh, this is like real different. Uh, I want to get this, right? <laughs> um, so, and that's that has worked for my benefit. Um, just working with what I have and um, getting nice things that don't necessarily cost nice money. <laughs> right. So um, that's worked as well. Um, so that's another. That's one reason. Another reason is um, just ignorance, right? Um, you simply don't know what's going out and what's coming in. Um, you're not. Um, and and that kind of gets into budgeting, which is um our third um subsection of this point. Yeah, it's um, like it's it's kind of like, and ig- ignorance is not only not only, uh, not knowing what is going in and going out and coming out, but it's also not knowing how financial instruments work, like not knowing how interest works, not knowing how life insurance works, not knowing like there's so many different things that we need to know, be financially literate on. That I would just very much, if you have someone who is a, um, we had we had a couple different people that we that we would look to. Of course, there was we talked about Dave Ramsey, um, Larry Burkett, um, even people though that went to our school. Uh, what's it, uh, uh, Shannon? Um, mm-hmm, Shannon Dada. Dada and um and and there were other people as well that just put such valuable information online free information by the way this is all at the at at your fingertips you know this we're in 2018 all you have to do is get on your phone you don't even have to get on a computer just get on your phone and google these things you will learn about how to really get in control of your finances and pay off your stuff quickly yeah so you got to know what's coming in and what's coming out um and you got to uh, allocate your money to go somewhere um even the fun things i feel like sometimes when you like brush on the topic of debt free a lot of people just kind of check out because they're like well i can't have any fun i'm a millennial i want to enjoy my 20s right so um (laughs) so right and you're gonna waste your 20s right um and and all all the people who built on their 20s are gonna surpass you but like (laughs) so but pretty much 
It doesn't mean that you can't have reasonable fun, right? You just have to put it in the budget. Like, there's so many times where, like, okay, date night, we allocate this amount of money for that, or girl time, this amount of money. If you have the funds to do so, right? If you have the funds, if you have the, I'm not sure you're you're just gonna quit. Because, like, let's let's be honest. Like, for example, Rochelle and I, we have an emergency fund, right? So, with our emergency fund, if we have dug into that emergency fund, let's say something broke down at the house, we had to fix it okay, it went down from this amount to that amount. Well, what we will first do before we go on a splurge and, you know, end of the weekend type of date night or whatever, is we will first replenish that emergency fund. You know, that's one of the things I remember reading about in this book called um, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, where he's teaching these other two uh, people who he grew up with, he's teaching them about how, he says, you fools, you eat your children. And what he means by that is they are putting their money in these, in these different financial institutions, but they're not paying themselves. They'll go and pay their bills, but they won't put any aside for themselves and save for themselves and then even invest that money. Like these are all things that it's, it's just very basic and it seems very, very simple, but these are key things that will definitely provide you with the proper financial foundation. Yeah. So, um, you know, have a reasonable fun too, but just keep it in the budget. A lot of times where Sam's just like, how did we do that? And I'm like, it was in the budget, boo. We budgeted it for it. And it always brings a smile on his face. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is having a low overhead. Um, a l- you can literally be out here making less than your friends, but if you keep your overhead low, they literally will be like, what job do you have? My friends do it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, what I'm does like, Sam do? What does Ro do? What do you do? It's like, it's like we just like, we, we just we, budget. We just budget. We just budget. That's, all. That's it. That's, That's what we do. Um, so yeah, keep, so keep your overhead low. Um, you don't need a half of the million credit cards out here. Be wise. Don't be super impulsive. Um, you know, take care of your debt. Budget, and you know, you can live as comfortably as you know, your peers in a certain aspect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think the next point that we have is kind of like the overarching point to encompass all the points. Like, who are we doing this for? Guys, I think you already know where I'm going with this. We're doing this because we love God. We're doing this because God owns it all. And this goes into our, our last topic, which is tithing. So, I wanted to say about tithing that tithing is like a twofold thing. It's it it both builds discipline because it teaches you how to how to live on 90% of your income as opposed to 100% of your income. That's first, but even more importantly, it shows you that you are dependent upon God because tithing is not showing God that he owns only 10%. What you're doing by giving 10% to God, you are saying that God, you are actually the owner of all of this. And in order to please you as as a servant of your son, Jesus Christ, in order to please you, I want to make sure that I steward over this money appropriately. I want to steward over this money in a holy manner, in a righteous manner. So that is one of the biggest things I would definitely encourage people to do. It is a blessing. I promise you, even with what you do, um, there are people who are being blessed by your tithe and the and the um the uh the activities that your church is able to go and do as far as outreach into the world they're done through your monies through your through your financing yeah um and a lot of people sometimes have 
I guess, trust issues with that. They're like, well, yeah. where's my money going to? It's kind of like, you know, giving money to someone on the street. And you're like, I hope they don't use my money for X, Y, Z. And it's like, that's not your concern. Yeah. Like, you know, like God's giving you a specific command. Um, Your concern is just to follow through with that command and then pray for whoever you're giving that money to. Pray whether that, leaders. Whether that is, you know, the guy on the street or whether that is your pastor. Amen. Um, so that's pretty much... That and once you just get into that mindset of like this money is not mine, um, it belongs to God, it just mentally creates a shift in your brain that allows you to manage your own money better. Yep. Um, and then all and then again, once you get that down pack, we could even go into you know the guy who had one talent and the guy who had five talents and all that stuff, yeah, and ten talents and like how you use the money that God has given you and create more money, right? Um, and so so many different things we can talk about but yeah i mean i think we covered a good a good bit yeah that's definitely that's definitely as encompassing encompassing as we can get right now but uh we will we will get more details later on in the future but um i'm i'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation with you guys yep 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 um it's money can be your foundation at some point. Like, it's what set the tone for how everything else is going to go. Um, what you guys can do to date each other, um, you know, what you guys can afford when you get pregnant and, or what your activities your kids can do once you have them and all that stuff. So it's not um, the make or break, right? Like, if you're not rich, you life still goes on. But it is important, you know, just yeah. to be a good steward over your money. And and, it, and it's imperative that you kind of get a grip on yep. how to work those things out. Master money. Don't let money master you. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Um, that is our podcast for the day. Um, you know, if you guys would like to give us money, um, we will gladly accept it. <laughs> um, um, you know, but uh, yeah, pretty much all jokes aside, guys. Patreon is. Um, we really hope that you guys um are having a great rest of your week. Um, tell us what you think. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, what are some other money tips that you could possibly give us and all that um ching. Um, so with that being said, uh, take care. We'll see you next week. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.